We're going to continue now in our time of worship by opening up the Word of God. And today's scripture reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. La escritura de hoy viene del libro de Hechos, capítulo 3, versículos 1 al 10. And I'll be reading along for us in English, but you can follow along in Spanish or your heart language um, in your Bibles as well. And uh, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to that passage um, or hear God's word read aloud um, both in the projector screen or if you're watching online at home in the slides, it should be available. Acts chapter 3 verses 1 to 10. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the Word of God. Acts chapter 3. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your faithfulness. Your faithfulness, Lord, that is even more sure than the sunrise and more sure and certain than the morning, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful morning, which is representative of your consistency, of your dependability, Lord, and above all, of your faithfulness and your mercy toward us. We thank you, Lord God, for your people, for your church, God, for the, these people that are gathered here to hear your word. And Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to hear from you. So speak to us, Lord. We are listening. Your servants are listening, God. As we continue, Lord, to just uh, engage in your precious word, would we have the same um, reaction that these people within the Bible did, Lord? They were filled with wonder and amazement by witnessing all that you had done. So fill us, God, with that same wonder and amazement, Lord, at what you are up to in each one of our lives and in the life of our church. We thank you, Lord, and Holy Spirit, help us understand your precious word. Open our minds, open our hearts, that we would know your truth and your way. It's in the faithful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. 
Amen. So, again, I'm just so grateful and refreshed that we had an opportunity to encourage one another yesterday at the retreat, and we continue in that same spirit here together in worship. And most of you know already, but again, why it's so important to continue to remind each other of who we are and of our DNA as a church is so that we can uh, build one another up in that. And when we forget, carry one another and remind one another of who we are and who we're called to be. And together as one church body, we are um, the, the community of Imago Church. Imago means we're created in the image of God. And God has formed this community so that together we would be a gospel-centered, multicultural community where hope is built through restored relationships with our identity in the image of God and our purpose in the image of Christ. And today we're looking at a, a very... Um, uh, important passage to me, especially as a pastor and as um, God was really shaping and developing what this vision is for us as a church community. The book of Acts is actually very near and dear to me and to many of us that were part of those early Bible studies and going deep and, and coming up with that vision statement together and really looking at the biblical basis for that vision and particularly for this uh, second part of our vision statement of what it means to be a multicultural community. And we look to the book of Acts really as, as the basis for that because we see that when the church, God's family, first came together, that's exactly what it was. It was a multicultural community. It was Greeks and Jews, slave and free, people from different types of socioeconomic classes all coming together around Jesus. A multicultural community is, again, from the very beginning of the birth of the church, God's family. It's a picture of the kingdom of God. Because one thing we celebrate and embrace here at Imago is that the God that we worship and the God that we gather around is the God of all nations and the God of all languages, not just one or the other. And again, the God that we worship shows no favoritism or partiality over one culture or another. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings it all together because that's part of the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the life of the church. That's part of what we've been talking about the last few weeks, the spiritual gifts and also the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. The Holy Spirit is truly the great connector, the great translator, the one who connects us to God and to each other. The Holy Spirit is the one who actually brings together an unlikely community of people who wouldn't ordinarily be together now gathered around the worship of Jesus. The Holy Spirit helps us, each one of us, to embrace our own God-given culture, but also helps us to celebrate the cultural uniqueness of our brother and brothers and sisters in Christ. That's a little bit of what we talked about yesterday at the retreat, and it's so incredible to just be able to live that out together as a church community, because that's part of who we are. We are the family of God. That, that's part of the call and the role of the church. The church is the family of God carrying on the mission of Jesus. And as witnesses of the gospel of God's good news, we are sent 
because that's part of, uh, again, the God that we worship is a God who sends, right? The Father sent the Son into the world to save us. The Son sent the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit sends us to continue the work, to continue the mission of Jesus here and now. Again, that's part of what it means to, to, to move forward together in mission. And why we encourage one another, build each other up, is because part of what it means to do life together is to encourage and to carry one another. To carry one another and to be carried by each other as well. That's why in the New Testament alone, there are over 90 one another statements. Love one another, care for one another, uh, serve one another, carry each other's burdens. In the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 2, it actually says this pretty amazing statement in this verse. It says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. When you carry one another, when you love one another, and in that way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And it's amazing. It doesn't say necessarily when you just take this action or that action, but it is when you choose to carry your sister or brother, carry one another's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. So it's pretty amazing when we pause and think about that. That when we carry each other's burdens, when we care for one another in our weakness, in our sickness, in our vulnerability, we're actually taking part in something so much bigger than any one of us. We're actually partnering with God in accomplishing God's dream for restoring humanity, and we fulfill our own life purpose as active members in God's family. Active members in God's family who get to carry on the mission of Jesus as we carry one another. So today, we're going to just reflect on that a bit together as God's people, on how we can carry one another by caring for one another, and also how we can care for this world that God so passionately loves. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes that can feel very overwhelming, especially in just turning on the news or just uh, getting um, updated on what feels to be challenge after challenge, burden after burden, yes, on a global scale and also on a local level. Sometimes it can feel overwhelming to care, to care about this world that seems to be in one crisis after another, to care for the sick, the hurting, it can become a lot. A lot to the point that sometimes it's easy to just shut it all off and pretend like it's not there. But friends, brothers, sisters, that's not the heart of God. That's not the mind of God. And in fact, most of us have probably had times where, um, you know, we just, again, feel overwhelmed or shocked by some of the challenges in this world. In, in especially in this week, right? Yesterday we took time, and last the last couple of weeks we've taken time.
to pray for um, a number of things, including the crisis in Afghanistan, including um, the, the challenges there, the evacuations, the logistics, the lives being lost. We've taken time to pray for this continued pandemic that we're still navigating. Yes, we see light at the end of the tunnel, but we're not there quite yet. It can feel very overwhelming to just even engage or acknowledge or care or even to think, how can I even be of service in any way, shape, or form with all of that right in front of us? But then in addition to those major issues, major crises in our lives, we have all the things we're navigating individually as well. Personally, in family, sickness, challenges, loss, grief, and anxiety, different types of pain. We can all relate to that. And it can feel pretty overwhelming at times. You know, on the one hand, that, that can feel overwhelming when we actually want to take a step in caring for this broken world that God loves or in carrying one another as well because it just may seem like too much. But then sometimes it can also feel, um, you know, when I think about those who have actually done something about it, right? People like uh, William Wilberforce or Martin Luther King Jr. or Mother Teresa, people have impacted the world in tremendous ways. Um, it can be inspiring for a moment, but then the truth is that sometimes it can feel overwhelming once again, because I can think to myself, and maybe you're in the same boat, um, perhaps, that it can be inspiring for just a moment, but then I think, no, well, I could never do that. Or I could never do as much as that person did. So, friends, brothers, sisters, um, as we're talking about this, how to care for a broken world and how to carry one another in our burdens, in our challenges, I just want to remind us of this. If you've ever felt overwhelmed by these issues or overwhelmed by carrying someone else in your life, Please do not be discouraged. You and I feel overwhelmed because we care. You and I feel overwhelmed at times because we're sharing the, our, our heart with the things that break the heart of God. If we didn't care, then we wouldn't feel anything. We wouldn't be overwhelmed. We just wouldn't care. Now, I'm aware that that overwhelming feeling at times of caring for the world or, or carrying someone in need, it can feel like a weight, like a mountain is on the back of each and every one of our shoulders. It can feel like that weight is just there with regards to some of these issues. For some people, that mountain can become so heavy that they become crushed by the mountain. Some of you know what that can feel like. Beginning with a genuine care, feeling like the burden is on your shoulders, and eventually it's too much and it just comes crashing down. I can think of myself as a, as a younger person, as a young adult, and uh, in, in high school and college and whatnot, and when I first became aware 
of certain challenges and statistics in the world that I decided to st to start a couple of clubs and and and, uh, and and school groups, student groups, and whatnot that would really have a goal to be able to spread the word and mobilize the community ar around taking action to care for this world. In fact, one of those uh, school, uh, student groups that I, I started was called Reaching Our World, Caring for Our World. Another one was an Amnesty International Club when I was in high school. Now at the time, I really didn't have Jesus as the center of my life. And I had no firm foundation um, to, and so I really had no one to hold me as I was trying to hold others. And eventually I felt the weight of that mountain, of that burden of caring for the world, of caring for others. Eventually that weight came crashing down on me. And I went from a deep care to just apathy and cynicism. But then God eventually restored all of that. After being overwhelmed with the passion that I once had to, to care for, for the world, for the sick, for the suffering, eventually that became a bitterness toward the poor and a cynicism toward the rich or toward those that were suffering. And then, again, in, uh, it was around the age of, uh, of 16 that, and I shared a little bit about this yesterday, that I really surrendered my life to Christ. And he became the center of my life. And it took time. It wasn't immediate. But eventually Jesus freed me from the overwhelming weight of the mountain. And he showed me that that mountain, that burden was not for me to carry alone. And Jesus showed me that this mountain is not for any one of us to carry alone. So... That mountain that you may be carrying today, I want to invite you to give it back to Jesus. Give it back to God and then let him redistribute the weight of that. Not only for you to carry on your shoulders, but for your brothers and sisters, for your church family, for your friends, for others to carry along with you. You and I are not meant to carry that weight, that mountain alone. So just a little bit of that about that in my own personal journey, Jesus freed me from me feeling that I needed to carry the burdens of the world on my shoulders, that I needed to carry that mountain, that weight. Jesus freed me from that and he freed me for something else, for an authentic love and care authentic love and care for this broken world, for those that are sick or suffering. And once again, I've felt that with Christ at the center, I've been able to renew that passion and that strength, but it only comes from Jesus. On my own, I couldn't. Those good intentions eventually turned into bitterness. And, you know, around those years, that was maybe uh, 12, 15 years ago, there was a very popular song at the time. And now I really sing it and think about it in a very different way. And it's from that group, that Australian group, Hillsong United. Some of you uh, know them. But they had this huge hit song um, that really in the chorus, the lyrics sang, Savior, you can move the mountains. Our God is mighty to save.
So that can be our prayer today. Savior, you can move the mountains. I want to invite us today to believe that this morning. To exchange. Exchange the overwhelming mountain that some of us think we have to carry all alone on our shoulders. Exchange that weight, um, that mountain that comes from caring for others or carrying others especially those that are sick and suffering and in just challenging crisis situations. And today, exchange that for an openness to what God has to say to each and every one of us today. We've quoted it several times, and I think even in the worship team um, uh, over the last few weeks, but just that passage from Jesus, right, saying, give it to me, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's part of the invitation today. Savior, you can move the mountains. Give him that mountain. Don't carry it alone. Let Jesus be the one to redistribute it all. Not just on your shoulders, but let your sisters and brothers carry that with you. As God's people, we do not carry our burdens on our own, but we are carried by Jesus as we carry others and care for others. We are carried by Jesus Christ into service and care. And once again, we are carried by Christ as we carry others. The only way we can truly carry others is when we allow ourselves to be carried by Christ. Otherwise, it's too much. The mountain will fall on your shoulders. I'm sure we can go around and hear stories of when things came crashing down. You know, I think about a story of what it means to actually be carried by someone that, that we fully trust. Jesus can be trusted. And um, there's this story, I've shared it with some of you before here at Imago, but it's the story that I, I learned several years ago that always reminds, us, reminds me of this, of just um, how Jesus can carry us into extraordinary things. And I think of, uh, again, um, this tightrope walker, um, his name was the Great Blondin. I don't know if you guys remember that story or if you've heard it before. I've shared it here maybe once or twice. But Charles Blondin was a famous French tightrope walker. Um, I think you guys know what that is, but he, it's a, he was a professional uh, balancer. He balanced himself on a tightrope and would just uh, balance across incredible things, buildings, and uh, his most amazing uh, uh, fame actually came in the late 1800s. In 1860, in uh, September 4th, 1860, the great Blondin was the first person ever to cross with a tightrope, to balance himself on a tightrope across Niagara Falls from the side of Canada to the side of the U.S. It was over a quarter mile across the, Ni the mighty Niagara Falls. People from both Canada and the U.S., they came from miles away to see this amazing trick because they couldn't believe that this was real. So Blondin, he walked across on a tightrope, balancing himself 
across Niagara Falls, the mightiest uh, waterfalls that we have here in, in this part of the world. He was 160 feet above the falls and he would walk back and forth several times, each time with a different trick. Once he did it on stilts, he was able to walk on a rope on stilts under a waterfall, over a waterfall. Once on a mini bicycle. Once he did it at nighttime in the dark. And at one point he even walked across the Niagara Falls blindfolded. At one point he even carried this tiny little stove. This is what they say, I don't know if it's true, but... You know what they say, never let the truth get in the way of a good story, right? So, um, but he walked across this little, uh, with, with a little um, stove and he cooked an omelet and he had breakfast while he was going across the, the, the tightrope. A large crowd gathered and there was this buzz and energy of excitement along both sides of the riverbank. Americans and Canadians were just cheering him on. The crowd would, you know, do the thing that, 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 uh, that we do in front of um, magicians or in front of people that do tricks, right? They would ooh and ah, right, on both sides as Blondin would carefully walk across this tightrope, one dangerous step after another. And then he did it at one point with a wheelbarrow. He had this wheelbarrow and he balanced himself on a tightrope across Niagara Falls with the wheelbarrow and he was holding a sack of potatoes there. And then at one point, he went the next step, he went the next level, he asked, the, the, he asked for the participation of someone in the crowd. He asked for a volunteer upon reaching the other side and the crowd just applauded and was loud and roared with cheers and excitement and Blondin he, in requesting a volunteer, he suddenly stopped and addressed his audience. And he asked them, do you believe that I can carry a person across Niagara Falls on a tightrope in this wheelbarrow? The crowd enthusiastically yelled, yes, yes, Blondin, you are the greatest tightrope walker in the world. We believe in you. You can do it. And Blondin responded, okay. Who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? There was no immediate volunteer. There was a bunch of cheers one moment before, but no immediate volunteer. How much trust would they have in him to be carried across that tightrope, across Niagara Falls? No immediate volunteer until eventually his manager and mentor, someone who believed in him and trusted in him. His name was Harry Calcord. Harry actually volunteered to be carried by Blondin on a tightrope with no safety nets across the mighty Niagara Falls. This actually happened in the 1800s, in, in, uh, and you can look it up. It's, a, it's an incredible story. The friends, brothers, sisters... I want to remind us of this. Carrying each other's burdens, caring for this sick and suffering world on our own, it's going to be an overwhelming task. It'll be comparable, and it may feel at times like an unbelievable, impossible task. 
a lot like walking across Niagara Falls on a tightrope. The reality is that we cannot, by our own strength, carry the burdens of this world. We cannot, by our own strength, even carry the burdens, the full burdens of others. We're not meant to. But we can trust in Jesus. We can trust in the one who truly can do it the one who truly is able, the one who truly can care for and heal the sick, heal the broken. And by trusting in Jesus, we are carried by Jesus toward good works and proper care for those that are hurting, for those that are wounded, to be of service to this world, to this broken world that God so passionately loves. And when we place that faith, that trust in Jesus, the one who is able, it's just like the same way that the great Blondin, Charles Blondin, carried Harry on that wheelbarrow. Jesus will carry us over to the other side. The impossible will now be possible with him because he can be trusted and he can handle it. It may be too much for us, but it's not too much for him. Give it to him, whatever that may be today. When we carry one another, Jesus will be carrying each one of us. As you carry others, Jesus will carry you. In fact, that's what we see happens here in this passage that we read in Acts chapter 3. In verses 6 to 7, it says that Peter, when looking at this man at the gate called Beautiful, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Peter was able to carry this man in need at the gate, and Peter was being carried by Jesus. In fact, that was his proclamation in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. So Peter is being carried by Jesus as he is caring for someone else. And friends, brothers, sisters, that's the same pattern that we're invited into as well. So here's my question to you this morning. Who are you carrying? What are you carrying this morning or this week or in this season? Today. How can today be a moment, be, be a, a, a next step for you? Today, where can you ask Jesus to carry you as you carry others? Or where can you ask Jesus to carry you and also allow yourself to be carried by others? You know, you can ask simply in a prayer. Some of the most profound prayers are also some of the simplest prayers. You can pray, Lord, carry me as I carry others. Or Lord, carry me as I carry these burdens because I cannot do it alone. I need you. 
I need you to do for me what I can't do for myself. Because friends, when we are carried by Jesus into being his presence, into carrying on his mission in this world that he so passionately loves, when we trust in him, when we abide in him, when we rest in him, rest assured of this, he will carry you. He will care for you. He will always be there. That's part of his promise. You know, about 2,000 years ago, when this passage that we're reading was written in the book of Acts, some of the first Christians in the book of Acts, they gave evidence to, to this about the power of being carried by Jesus. And through being carried by Jesus, they were able to do extraordinary things, to carry others. These first Christians in the book of Acts, they gave evidence of this as they uh, had the choice. They, were, they had the choice of being stopped, of being um, paralyzed by fear, and of being overwhelmed by the, by the feelings that were inside of them and by the circumstances outside of them as well. They had the choice of, of again, either entrusting it to Christ or just letting the mountain come down and crash down on them. Letting the weight crash down on their shoulders. But instead, and I'm so grateful that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the great connector, they were carried by Jesus into good works of service and care. And that's part of what Jesus will do. When we allow ourselves to be carried by him as we are carrying others, we will see Jesus show up, show off, and do extraordinary things with ordinary people. That's part of really the, the witness of the scriptures. God doing extraordinary things with ordinary people. God being able to, uh, again, as he is carrying us, we can carry others. It's incredible to think of it that way. So we, together, as the body of Christ, as the family of God, we are active members of God's family. We belong to this rich tradition, right, that traces back all the way to the book of, uh, of, of Acts and, and in the New Testament. We're carried by Jesus as we carry others. And this was just one example in the book of Acts, it, but there are dozens and dozens of accounts of this happening with the people of God, God doing extraordinary things through ordinary people. There are examples after examples. This one was with Peter, but we can find many more as well of seeing the church in action through the power of the Holy Spirit, carrying on the mission of Jesus as God's family. That's part of our call, even here and now in 2021 to carry on the mission of Jesus, to be a family that takes action together. In fact, right, the book of Acts, we, we sometimes just summarize it and just call it that, Acts. But the actual full name of the book of Acts, um, some of you know it, right? What's the full name of the book of Acts? It's the Acts of the Apostles. 
or the actions of the apostles, the actions of the church, of the people of God. As God's family, as God's new community, we are a family that takes action together. We take action in caring for one another and in carrying one another. Especially those that are experiencing brokenness, need, sickness, vulnerability. So before we want to give in to just that feeling of being overwhelmed like the whole weight of the world is on our shoulders, let me invite each and every one of us to first begin with rest. Rest in the Lord. Trust in Him. Before you're thinking about everyone that you have to carry, let yourself be carried by Jesus. Because here's the fact, and here's the truth. Nobody can do everything. Nobody can do everything to really just, uh, you know, immediately cause some kind of quick fix to all of the crises in this world. Whether it's major diseases or challenges or um, all those other things that just seem so overwhelming in our day-to-day lives. Nobody can do everything. But by the grace of God, and when we allow Jesus to carry us, that means everyone can do something. And here's some very quick steps that any any of us can take part in, in how to care for this broken world and how to carry others in their challenge and in their distress as well. The very first step, again, Jesus is our model for ministry and for living as well. So how to be able to love and care well for others? Begin with just looking around. Look around. Be aware. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of what's happening in this world that God so passionately so passionately loves. Read an article about someone or, or something that has been placed in your heart. Learn about it. Learn and, and, and find ways to begin to pray into that. You know, secondly, be able to learn as Jesus did, as Peter did with this person that was at the gate called Beautiful. Look at people who are in the margins, typically. Learn to look at them as people. As people created in the image of God. And if it's appropriate, if you feel the Spirit lead you in that direction, learn to say hello instead of just avoiding them at all causes. Or even locally here, right? In, in the church or in your workplace or whatever setting God places you, places you in. This is part of what it means to live out our call as local missionaries, right? Learn a name. Pay attention to hellos and goodbyes. You may not be aware of it, but you have the power of curing and healing hurting souls even through your kindness towards strangers and neighbors and those that God has placed around you. So above all, one way that we can take a practical step in in, and really carrying others is by learning to simply begin with caring. Caring leads to understanding, and understanding will lead to action. 
And again, you don't have to do it alone. We can do it together. God calls us into life together. So another important step is be in community. Be in covenant together. That's what right the, the, this passage calls us to, and the New Testament calls us to, to carry one another's burdens. So carry one another in our life together, in our Sunday worship, in our discipleship, in our outreach events. Be a part of that together. So those are three things we can do. First, begin to care by looking around, paying attention to what God is doing right where you are. And second, be in community. And third, pray. Pray for healing. Pray for restoration. Pray for this world that God so passionately loves. And pray that God would give you a soft heart just as his heart is soft. You know, I've learned it um, before, and this has kind of been my own personality and, and attitude, and I like to think that I've learned it from mentors and from uh, Jesus as the model uh, for, for who we're, we're striving to be. But yeah, I've learned to pray that God would give me a tough skin and a soft heart. It's so important to be able to learn that. God, would you give me a tough skin but a soft heart to still be open to you, to still be open to loving others as well. So again, that's an action we can take. We can care, we can be in community, and we can pray. Pray for God's healing, pray for a soft heart, pray for others, for this world that God so passionately loves and that God would break our hearts for what breaks his heart. That we would be able to carry one another's burdens and in this way fulfill the law of Christ. So as the church, we're a family that takes action. And I've said this many times here at Imago, but prayer is not just preparation for action, but prayer is action. Prayer is the first action, and it is the driving action, and it is the final action that we are called to as the people of God. It is the gift of entering into the presence of God and being able to even enter into his presence with boldness and with confidence it is the first action, the final action, and the driving action for God's family, for you and I, the people of God, that get to carry on the mission of Jesus. Yesterday's retreat was covered in prayer, right? We had an entire day from morning to evening in prayer. We prayed, we interceded, and we entered into the presence of God together. So now the invitation is here and now, today, together. Let's all take an action step as a community. Let us pray. Let us pray together for those that we are carrying. Let's pray together for what we are carrying. And today, let's ask Jesus to help us to be the one 
let's ask Jesus to be the one who carries us as we carry others. So let's take that action step together as the family of God. And let's take a moment to pray. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Just take a moment right now to just uh, center yourself. Ask yourself that question. What are you carrying? What challenge, what burden? Pray that Jesus would be the one to carry you as you carry others. I know it hasn't been easy. I know for some of us it's just felt like one thing after another, after another, after another. And sometimes it can feel like life itself, family itself, job, circumstances, situations, relationships, all of that can feel like so much that we don't even have the energy or bandwidth to care beyond that. And that's right. You on your own don't. I on my own don't. We don't have the capacity on our own. But the prayer today is a different kind of prayer. It's not the I got this kind of prayer. And it's not the just forget about it kind of prayer. It's a third way. It's a new way. Or we can pray that Jesus would be the one to carry us as we carry others. Take this moment right now, right where you are, to pray for someone. Pray for someone that God has placed in your heart. Perhaps you've been of love and service to them. Perhaps some of it has been noticed, some of it unnoticed. But just take this moment right now to pray for them. That you can ask God to be the one to lead you. That you can rest in Him. Especially in those moments when you feel overwhelmed. Give that mountain back to Him. Give that weight back to Him, that burden back to Him, and let Him redistribute it in the way that it needs to be properly distributed. Give Him that challenge, that affliction. Take time to pray for the burdens within your own family. within your own life, your own work. Pray for our city. Pray for our country. Pray for our world. For brothers and sisters across the world who are in such deep need. For those that are far from God, that God would use us his hands and feet to shine that light. That God would love this broken world through us, his people. That's his plan. 
just as you are, take this moment to, to pray and to give it to God. And after a moment of just prayer on our own, of silent prayer, I'll go ahead and, and close us out together. As God's people, let's take the action of fighting for this broken world, of caring for this broken world on our knees. God, you are our God, and we are your people, and thank you, Lord, that you are not ashamed to be called our God, and you are not ashamed to call us your children, God. Thank you, Lord, that you use us even in our brokenness, in our vulnerabilities, ordinariness, Lord God, and you do the extraordinary. Lord, there is only one that can do that, and that is you, Lord. The one who can just see messiness and bring about something new, a new creation that is restored, that is redeemed, that is made new and made beautiful. Holy Spirit, that's what you do all things together. And I pray, Lord, that today you would help us, give us the courage, God, to embrace this call, to carry on the mission of Jesus as we carry one another, one another's burdens, and in this way fulfill the law of Christ. Lord God, would you use us as your hands and feet in this world? Love others through us, Lord. Would you do it, Lord? Through a variety of different ways, feeding the hungry, bringing water to the thirsty, welcoming the stranger, clothing the naked, caring for the sick, freeing the prisoners. We repent, Lord, for leaving this work to just a few. Lord, this is part of the mission and the call of what it means to be your follower, align our hearts with your heart, Lord, to align our minds with the mind of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Send us out for your purposes. It's in your faithful name that we pray. Amen.